0: When we lower our guard, it's hard to know what's influencing us, but whatever we allow to influence us changes us. Don't let the noise of this world distract you from what's most important. Let's talk about it today as we continue our series, In God We Trust. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic and life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Akers Church in Bellevue, Nebraska, and as always, so thankful that you are joining us. And my prayer, as always, is that I know God has placed you where you are today for a reason and a purpose, and it's my prayer that he will show you what that is. Hey, before we dive in, uh, you're probably wondering what the heck happened last week. Well, we live in uh, Bellevue, Nebraska, near Omaha, Nebraska, which is basically a suburb of Omaha. And we had a major storm come through last weekend and knocked out power to a lot of the city. Uh, almost 200,000 people lost power, and uh, that includes our church and my own home. And, and so uh, we were unable to do any podcasts because we had no power of any kind. And so uh, we just basically just kind of... Uh, Uh, just put everything on halt, and uh, just continued on with our series this week. And so you didn't miss anything. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, we just had to skip a week. So we're thankful that you are continuing to be a supporter uh, and and joining us and downloading this episode today. Uh, One of those things that um, I need to also mention is that, um, in that sense, um, being a supporter and helping us out, Man, we're so thankful for all the prayer requests, uh, the prayers that we receive, and and uh, we're just thankful that you are uh, helping us get the word out by sharing who we are. Uh, and to be able to continue helping us do that, we would love for you just to make a comment, uh, like uh, this episode or this, this show, uh, on your platform, so that way more people will notice and will start listening, and that would be a huge help. And the other way you could help is if you were able to support us financially. um, That would be awesome. Anything you could do uh, will help us out and continue to get the word of Jesus out there. So let's dive in. I want to take a a look and kind of let God's word reset our hearts and prepare us to be faithful to no matter what the future holds. And so we're going to look today at God's word um, from 1 Peter 5, 6, just briefly. uh, And we're going to let this speak to our hearts and um, talk about it a little bit. Okay. Peter said this, uh, 1 Peter 5.6, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Let me read that again. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. See, I want to talk about being under God and try to answer the question, how do we as followers of Christ live under God in a culture that's becoming increasingly hostile toward God? How do we, as disciples of Jesus, faithfully serve him, faithfully live for him, faithfully represent him in a culture that's becoming increasingly hostile towards God? I want to talk about how we live under God. But before we talk about how we live under God, I want to first try to identify and help you identify in your own walk what you're actually under. In fact, uh, I am gonna. I want to sh- uh, share a scale with you. It's a 1 through 10, okay? Um, one, being one through 10, and on the side of the one, um, looking at it as you are under culture, okay? And as you get closer to 10, you're under God. And I want you to think about that scale, okay? And as you think about that scale, where do you land, okay? Uh, and then I want you to talk about it with your family, uh, with your spouse if you're married, maybe with your children, talking about it with your life group, your small group, your Bible study, whatever it is, and ask yourself, What are you under? So when you look at your own life, what is influencing you? Are you under the influence of God? Is he influencing most of your decisions, directing your steps, moving your emotions, and leading you every single day? Or would you say you're more under the influence of culture, the systems of this world, the thinking of this culture? And so you might say, well, yeah, I'm not really a big believer in God, so obviously I'm under uh, the culture, and so I'm, I'm a one or a two. Okay. Or you might say, no, I'm really, really passionate about the things of God. I'm under God, and so you might say, you know, I'm an 8 or 9. Uh, I would encourage you not to put a 10, because Jesus is a 10, and I don't think we can really live up to that, but, but you might be a 9, so maybe an 8 or a 9, uh, but mark that. And so what I want you to do is try to think about and talk about what we are under. What is influencing you? So let's talk about some different categories. Let's start with what entertains you. I want you to think about whenever you watch something, enjoy something, listen to something to entertain you, would you say that you're more under the influence of God? Meaning, before you watch a show on Netflix, before you listen to some music, before you read something, before you open up social media, you're thinking consciously, asking, is this pleasing to God? Is this going to help build my faith? And if the answer is no, you might stay away from it. If the answer is yes, you might go to it. So would you say that which entertains you is influenced by God or would you say you're more under culture? In other words, you're kind of entertained by whatever is recommended next on Netflix, right? Or Hulu or or Sling or whatever you're watching, right? Does it matter if it's God-honoring? Does it matter if it's filthy? If it's funny, that's good enough for you? Or if it's high quality, you know, as long as it looks good, I'm okay? Does it matter what's in the music you listen to? Does it matter about what you read? Would you say when you look at the, that which entertains you, you're more under culture or maybe you are more under God? Let's talk about another category. Let's talk about our money. Maybe we get paid once a week, twice a week, once a month, whatever it might be, okay? When you receive an increase, when you have money, what influences what you do with your money? Would you say that you're really, really under God? Like you recognize this comes from God. It's a gift from God, so much so that I want to worship God with every first that comes in. I want to give him the, th- the tithe, you know, because I know this comes from God. And then you recognize I really want to honor God with what I have. I want to be a good steward. You know, and sure, I'm going to enjoy some things, but I'm going to use what I have to make a difference in this world. When it comes to your money, you're really, really under the influence of God. Or would you say it's probably more under the influence of culture? In other words, you probably don't even think about God. And if you're going to give to God, it's not first. It's probably last, whatever's left over, if you can afford to. Because culture drives and consumes your spending, and you find that almost whatever comes in goes out, because you see the ad and you want it, right? And you think, if I have that, I'll be happy. And you're chasing something out there to find something consuming, something that's going to be meaningful. When it comes to your money, would you say you're more under the influence of God, or would you say you're more under the influence of culture? Let's think about the words that you speak. Think about the last week, just, just this last week, just, just what you said during the week. Would you say that you were under the influence of God as you were speaking to people? In other words, your words were life-giving, your words were God-honoring, your words were encouraging and pointing people towards eternity and the things that last and matter? Or would you say you're more under culture, meaning you kind of just got along, go along with the flow and everybody else is griping, so you're griping too, and you're tearing people down and your words are angry and, and, and sometimes hateful and often critical. They may have been harsh to your spouse or maybe your children. You found yourself gossiping a little bit, talking bad about all those liberal people or all those conservative people or whatever it is. When it comes to your words, would you say that you're more influenced by God or would you say that there's more influenced by culture what influences your life let's just do one more category how about your your self worth how do you feel about yourself would you say that you're under the influence of god meaning it doesn't really matter what they say about you or what they think about you you're you're secure you know where you are in christ you're you're valuable because of what god says about you or what you say that your self worth is more under the influence of culture would you say that meaning if you don't have the right label on or if your hair is not having a good day, you don't feel good about yourself. It really matters what they say and what they think. How many uh, and how many people like your post or your comment, right? Because if they don't, you don't feel valuable. Would you say that you are more under the influence of God or under the influence of culture? And here's what's really sad. Many of us don't even know. We don't know. We've got no idea what influence we're under. I'll illustrate it this way, right? Ah, uh, if, if I could have you raise your hands, that would be awesome. But how many of you have ever been around a drunk person, right? Okay. Notice I didn't ask if you've been drunk because that would just be embarrassing, right? So, <laughs> okay. But if you've been around a drunk person, you know what I'm talking about, okay? And here's what's interesting: if you've ever been around someone who's under the influence of alcohol, they don't always know that, do they? They are that they are under the influence of alcohol. You know, look. I, I'm, I'm drunk, okay, I, I, I'm okay, I'm not drunk, it's all right, I, I'm, not, I'm good, I can drive, you know, that type of thing. They don't know that they're under the influence, but they're under the influence and something on the outside is influencing what comes from the inside, right? What happens when you're under the influence of alcohol? Well, alcohol influences how you think, right? It influences what you say. It influences the way you talk. It influences who you think is attractive, right? Okay? Okay. <laughs> right? After four or five drinks or so, the percentage of attractive people goes up. After six or so, you start thinking you're attractive. And the more you drink, the uglier you get and the more attractive you think you are, right? <laughs> when you're under the influence of alcohol, you may not even know you're under the influence, but it in, but it influences who you love, right? You can meet a total stranger, right? One dude is talking to another dude, "I love you, man. We just met, but we're best friends, right? <laughs> right when you're under the influence of alcohol it lowers your guard you you become way more vulnerable to do stupid things you've never would have done otherwise right and you're not always aware when you're under its influence so what if what if we have been so intoxicated by our culture that we're not even aware that we're under its influence what if we're so poisoned by the thinking of this world that we don't even realize how far we drifted from god Remember, it said, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Humble yourself under God. So how do we live under God in a culture that's becoming increasingly hostile toward God? Well, what I want to do is I want to kind of share with you a story in the Old Testament. It's incredibly powerful to me. It comes from the book of Daniel uh, chapter 1. I'm going to give you the context of it, and then we're going to dive into some verses of it, all right? And then we're going to really zero in on one particular verse. If you don't know about Daniel in the Old Testament, he was raised worshiping the one true God. He would worship Yahweh in every way. But tragically, King Nebuchadnezzar, who was a very evil king, came in with the Babylonians and completely destroyed Daniel's homeland, Jerusalem. And and the evil Babylonians burned the temple to the ground, completely wrecked the city. And in this evil plan, they went and took the brightest of the bright, the best of the best of the Jewish people, including Daniel, to kidnap them and make them prisoners or slaves to indoctrinate them with the Babylonian culture. So these very talented, very bright young men could eventually become Babylonian leaders in their government. And this is where we're going to pick up our story. It's Daniel chapter 1, verse 3. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young man without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years and after that, they were to enter the king's service. So what do we have here? Daniel is one of a several young men that was taken prisoner. And the Babylonians then changed their language, changed their education, indoctrinating them with the Babylonian view so that they would be under the culture, under the, the thinking, right? They changed their names. Uh, originally, their names reflected the one true God, but these young men now had names that represented the pagan gods and even changed their diet so that they wouldn't eat what was good, right, pure, and healthy, but instead would eat food that was dedicated to pagan gods. Without knowing it, the goal was to bring these people under the influence of the Babylonian culture. And the king thought, if I can change the way they think, then we can change what they believe. And if we can change what, the way they think and what they believe, we can change how they will behave. So here's what I need, I need you to remember. Do not forget We have a spiritual enemy. His name is Satan, and he is the father of lies. And there's an all-out attack against your mind to convince you of lies. Because if he can change the way you think, he will change what you believe. And if he can get you under the influence of culture and change what you think and what you believe, then he can change how you behave. And every single day, I believe, our enemy is lying to us, lowering us into spiritual complacency. You may even kind of like believe in God, you know, like uh, I'm not a Buddhist or anything like that, and, and you know, I go to church every now and then, right, and I pray over, over my meal before Thanksgiving, and all of a sudden you wake up and you realize without even knowing it, oh my gosh, I am more under culture than I am under God, and how did I get here? The answer is we have to recognize, embrace, and believe that, that we cannot halfway follow Jesus. We can never be just a partially devoted follower of Christ right? Why? Because we will never, and I promise you this, we will never just accidentally stumble into righteousness. You'll never be going along half-heartedly through life and just trip and fall into holiness. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm more holy today than I was yesterday. Suddenly, my passion for Jesus just grew out of nowhere. I have no idea why. Suddenly, I just I just let go of the things that were holding me back and the sin that was holding me hostage, and now suddenly, for no reason whatsoever, I crave God's word and I want to live for eternity doesn't happen that way. You will never stumble into righteousness. We cannot halfway follow Jesus. You know this, but yet we often forget it because we don't recognize how much under the influence of culture we really are. Think about any other area of your life and ask, can you just kind of sort of try and become great? Think about any area in your life. Can I just try it and become great? For example, take your relationships. Imagine I'm uh, I'm with my wife, uh, and and I imagine if I said, I want to have a really good marriage, and so I'm going to just be nice to her, oh once a month, <laughs> right? It's not going to work, right? It's never going to work. And yet, for so many of us as followers of Christ, I, I, I we say I want to be close to God, so I may go to church once a month or once every other week, but that's about it. Nothing else. I don't I don't need to worry about Bible study or life group or anything. And one day we wake up wondering why we freak out and panic and are vulnerable to whatever the latest rumor is, believing there's no hope for the future, putting our hope in a temporary world and in people who can never meet our needs, instead of in a God who's always good and always faithful, even in our hard times, he's still on the throne. How did Daniel stay faithful to God when everything in the Babylonian culture was trying to bring him under its seductive influence? There's one little verse that's that's so powerful, and this is the verse for which we, we're going to apply to our lives. It's Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. And here's what it says. But Daniel resolved, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat that. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Daniel made a predetermined decision. He predecided Before he was in the moment, he had already made his resolution, right? He resolved. Daniel had already predetermined where his line in the sand would be. He had pre-decided, I'm under God. And what's fascinating to me is that Daniel didn't even fight when they took away his name because he knew that that was just an outward label. And and inwardly, he knew who he was. He didn't didn't defend his name, but when someone attacked the name of God, that's when he said, no, 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 no one defames God's name. I have... Predetermined, I've pre decided, I'm not eating this food devoted to pagan gods. How do we live under God in a culture increasingly hostile towards God? We make some predetermined resolutions in our lives. And this is what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm not going to ask you to make five or ten predetermined decisions. I'm just going to ask you to simply make one. Just one. Whatever the Holy Spirit reveals to you, it is your most important one. And what we're going to do is we're going to change the trajectory from drifting mindlessly under culture and take one step back towards being under God in all that we do. We're going to humble ourselves under God's mighty hands. What is it to live under God? I've decided to what? I've decided to what is it? You know, to live under God, I've decided you fill in the blank to whatever it might be in your life, okay? One decision to change the momentum toward culture back toward god i've pre-decided this is what i'm going to do i want to i want to share with you one of the predetermined resolutions i made along the way when i was 25 years of age i was a brand new follower of jesus and i recognized i didn't know anything about god you know i've heard about god i i remember growing up in the catholic church and i and i heard some stories you know noah's ark and david and goliath and cain and abel you know those things but i really didn't know anything of the Bible. And the temptations to go back to the life from which I came, back to culture, the temptations were, were so strong that I made a predetermined decision that I would spend the first moments of my day with God. My first moments would be daily time with Christ. And I don't know about you, but I eat and drink something every day. Do you, I hope you guys eat and drink something every day, right? Otherwise, you're not going to feel too well. But So as a follower of Jesus, I better feed on the bread of life every day. You know, I want some time with God every day. And so the first part of my day is that I open up my Bible app or, or my Bible and read my devotion or just read some scripture and I'm letting God's word nourish my soul. It's a predetermined decision. And so tomorrow when I wake up, I don't have to ask myself, what am I going to do first? Am I going to go to Instagram? Am I going to worry about something? Am I going to go and read the news? No, I've already predetermined the first thing I do and it's and it's spend time with God. I have predetermined, I've predecided. this is who I am. This is what I'm called to do. So what's yours? You see, the pool of culture is so strong. If you don't constantly fight against it, you're not going to understand you're under its influence. I've predetermined one decision. It could be time with God, it could be you need this, Whatever this is, whatever the Spirit, Holy Spirit reveals to you, right? Like you might just say, you know what? I'm not doing meth anymore, okay? If you do meth, that would be a good thing, right? Don't do meth anymore, okay? But whatever it is, that's a good place to start, right? Okay? It might be that in the social media world, you're not going to engage in the hate. It could be with your own words and your marriage. You're not going to trash talk her or trash talk him to your friends. You're not going to belittle your children. You're not going to gossip. You're not going to lie. You're going to speak words of life. It might be you're going to commit to pray every night before bed with your children. It's because you want your children to know we're people of prayer, right? It might be before you walk out the door and you pray with your spouse. What's it going to be? One decision. Listen and ask the Spirit to show you. Holy Spirit, what's one thing I can do to change the trajectory of being pulled under culture and take a step back to being under the influence of the goodness of my God? Lead me. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. God, if there's any area that I've been deceived, if there's any area uh, that I'm floating under the influence of culture, show me, reveal it to me. Because the difference between culture and God is night and day, dark and light, good and evil. Think about what culture tells us every single day, and we just accept it and get used to it and get sucked into it and embrace it without even realizing we're under its influence. Culture tells us, promote yourself. It's all about you. If you're going to get anywhere, you got to put yourself first. Go beg. Jesus says, deny yourself. Humble yourself. Consider others better than yourself. And culture says, consume, take, accumulate. And Jesus says, it's way more blessed to give than it is to receive. You can make a difference if you'll fight against the pool of culture and take a step towards the things of Jesus. Culture says, hate those who aren't like you. If they hurt you, swing back curse those who mistreat you. And Jesus says, bless those who curse you, love those who hate you. It's night and day. It's light and darkness. Culture says, pursue things. Jesus says, pursue eternity. Culture says, pursue happiness. Jesus says, pursue holiness. How do we live under God in a culture increasingly hostile toward God? Today, I'm just going to ask you to take one step, one predetermined decision. And if you ask God, I believe that he'll show you something right? And then we're going to commit to it. And we're going to talk about it because God is calling us to be humbled, to be dependent on him under his mighty hand. And he still has the ability to lift us up in due time. And so we're going to make some predetermined decisions and we're going to say, who are we? We're going to say we are citizens of heaven. We are ambassadors of the Most High God. We will be informed. We will be prayerful. We're going to be involved. We're going to pray for our leaders. We'll love others, but we'll never be more committed to our political party than we are to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We are under God, all of us, as followers of Christ. We are predecided, predetermined, resolved to be under God, under his mighty hand, the sovereign hand of God the one who brings good out of all things, because we know that our God holds the world in his hand. Who are we? We are followers of Jesus. We are people of faith, and we are always under God. Amen. This concludes another episode of our Venture Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you'll join us next week as we continue our series, In God We Trust. Talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast in Chandler Acres Ministries, or you'd like to become a patron, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.